Let's get your book published, sharing the truth while giving you tips, tricks, and secrets about the publishing industry with your host, Nicole Gabriel. Hey guys, Nicole Gabriel here. This is part three of a five-part series on working with a designer. I will admit I may bore you with some of the details in this podcast, but we're going to plow through them because every author wants to know how this works when they get to this phase in the book production process. There are a ton of elements that go into making a professional book cover. Obviously, the first is the artwork for the cover. But understanding and collaborating on all the other elements are the things that divide the professional book cover designer from the amateur. The cover designer plays the role of project manager too, not by just gathering all the elements, but to understand all the working components and stay abreast of the latest technologies and trends. Let's walk through a few of these vital elements that make up the book's jacket. The first is the ISBN number, Library of Congress control number, pricing barcode, and publishing imprint. The ISBN number is the birth record of the book, but where does it come from? This is a unique identifier, and it comes from the publishing house you use or direct from a company called Bowker. I recommend a New York publishing imprint to give your book a bit of credibility. You can also create your own publishing label and buy just the barcode from Bowker. The problem you may run into with the publishing company being your own is a lack of credibility, as it may become obvious the book is self-published. If you want to get the best look, the one that doesn't make your book look self-published, you'll want to get one from a company in New York, as to give the appearance of a New York quality book. It's kind of like the Gucci or the Prada of the book world to have a New York imprint. Just to help out my clients, I created a small New York publishing company that is available for use to save all the hassle and to give my clients the credibility of the New York imprint. This way, when someone asks if you're self-published, you can tell them you're with a small publishing company in New York. You'll also want to get your book registered with the Library of Congress and get a unique control number. This is just a registration or numbering to catalog the book in the USA. Again, my publishing company can do that for you if you need. The pricing barcode is generally combined with the ISBN number and would typically be given with the publishing imprint from the publisher. The price on the barcode is determined by you. Take a look at other books in your genre and be sure to consider page count, color inserts or pages, binding, whether it's hard or soft copy, and obviously the price to produce and price appropriately. Usually your publisher will give you an idea of approximate sales pricing, but again, look at other books in your genre because as a self-published author, this is ultimately your call. It's really up to you how you want to approach this and how you are marketing or selling your book. You can always lower the price when you sell it, but you can never raise it once it's priced. So keep this in mind in your pricing strategy. Also note, you can go to print on your proof book without these and place them in the final print run when they come in if you have time constraints. So let's rehash. You need to supply the designer the following. First, the publishing imprint. 
to the barcode or your book's personal ID number and the price you're selling it for. And three, the Library of Congress number. You'll want to purchase your ISBN number for each format you wish to produce. They will be listed on your copyright page in each format you own. So that means you need one for softcover, one for hardcover, one for the ebook, and one for the audiobook. When you break down the ISBN number and barcode, you're going to find things like the country it's sold in, the fact that the number belongs to a book and not a can of tomato soup, who the publisher is, the price, and the format. Now let's talk about the working relationship the designer has with the editor and your role in that process. I give you a sample in the visual format of this podcast. Again, you can find it over on YouTube. I'll link the video in the comments over on my blog. I give you a bit of a tour on how this looks from the designer's perspective. So generally, the editor creates a cover pieces document that the designer will use to populate the jacket template that they create for your book cover design. Then the manuscript is imported into the layout program. For example, I use InDesign. Each chapter gets a template applied with headers, footers, page numbers, fonts, and margins defined. All margins get set. All design elements get defined and placed. The chapter heading image, if used, and the look and feel also get placed. After the designer lays out the manuscript, it'll go back and forth with the author, the editor, and the designer until all the corrections are made and it's ready for print. The designer will export out a PDF file. Should you wish to make changes at this point, they will get marked and highlighted by you and the editor and the designer will need to make all corrections. You want to keep this to a minimum at this phase. You will no longer have a Word manuscript and both the author and editor now rely on the designer to make the changes. The fewer changes you make at this point, the less you risk moving into an hourly rate for excessive changes. So let's talk about your role in interior design. You're welcome to give the designer lots of direct input or trust them to handle the process on their own. They are, after all, professionals. Remember, though, that the more involved you get in layout, the longer the process generally takes. While the font is the most discussed interior topic, there's far more to layout. Much of it is highly designer-specific, but as an author, you want to be aware of where you can do some customization, especially if page count is important. Page count will determine your print price. So here's a few tricks. Let's talk about what the designer can do with the book's interior. These are good to know if you want more control over the look and feel of your book. They're not necessary to know, and many authors honestly don't even care but I'll touch on these nonetheless. So maybe you're stuck with a 45,000 word manuscript and the desire for a smaller, thinner book that packs and travels more easily. If the designer used standard practices, traditional margins, line spacing, etc., you'd end up with about a 225 page book. A few tricks allow you to change the page count up or down fairly easily as the book is being laid out. So the following can affect the page count. 
the font size, the margins, the top, inside, outside, bottom, the line spacing, the character spacing, the amount of space for headers and footers and page numbers, paragraph indentation, the drop down on the top of the chapter heading pages, placement and spacing of header page quotes, where the pages end for one chapter and begin for the next, placement and size of images, initial letter size and style, any dingbats or images applied above the header and the applicable spacing used. If you were to tell your designer that you want a book that's more than 225 pages, but less than 275, there are a few things he or she could do to get you an ideal page count. It's not always exact, but they can get you pretty close if your word count is within the optimal page range. Here's a rough idea of the estimated page counts based on word count. So if you had about a 30,000 word manuscript, you might see a 150 page book. 40,000 would be a 200 page book. 50,000 words would be a 250 page book. And 60,000 words might be about a 300 page book. You can check out wordtopages.com or a few others on the web that'll give you a basic guideline of the number of pages you might have based on word count. All of this changes with font, margins, etc., but it'll at least give you a rough idea. So let's talk a little bit about cutting costs, saving time, and not frustrating your vendors. When it comes to interior layout, the less defined your content is when you send it to the layout person, the more expensive your bill will likely be. You want to be passing a near final product along to layout. You're doing no favors for anyone by sending over a manuscript that's not complete, missing content, needs testimonials, still needs editorial review, missing an ISBN number, or a Library of Congress control number. Just get it complete. Once you pass along the manuscript to the designer for layout, you do not want to change the page count or make large content adjustments. If it's not ready to go to print, it's not ready to go to the designer for layout. Let's talk about charts and graphs. There may be an extra charge for additional charts and graphs, so do your best to create these in high quality images beforehand. If you have a good majority of the content to be inserted and it's financial charts and graphs, you'll need to have these reviewed by your editor first. A designer will always charge extra for creating these for you. So cut the costs and do this work in advance. Not only is this a huge undertaking, but the information is very specific and challenging for an editor to edit if it's altered. A full design company might have the staff to handle a project like this, but a smaller company would lose months of other work completing this project or might have to charge accordingly for their time. You want to do your best to complete all images before editing and layout. So let's talk about after the designer does the initial layout of your manuscript. Your designer will import your manuscript into their design program and begin the layout process. You can generally plan on about a week for a basic no frills layout if you're next in line and no other clients or emergencies are in front of you or are on the designer's plate. When it's complete, you'll get a PDF document file from the designer. 
This is a read-only file that you cannot manipulate. At this point, you'll need to hold hands with your editor and the designer until the project's completion. From here, changes are handled by applying notes to your PDF. You and your editor and your designer will go back and forth for as long as it takes to get the changes made. If you're a dedicated writer and you've done due diligence prior to this stage, this process could be very quick. If you haven't truly taken ownership or been hands-on in the process up to this point, you'll find this to be a bit more cumbersome or time-consuming to complete. Your designer will be the only one that can implement the changes that get passed down from you and your editor. Changes are best lumped into one document and shared at one time. Can you see how this can be time-consuming if you're not on top of things here? So let's talk about going to production for a proof book. After some back and forth, you'll have a complete interior file. Once the editor gives a green light to go forward, you should consider printing a proof copy to make sure you're happy with the layout, the quality of the print, and the overall materials before you go into full production. Some editors don't want to be involved in this phase, but honestly, I think it's a bit irresponsible as this is the place where their editing work is seen and the advertisement for their work is showcased here in the final layout. We'll talk about the editor's role in another podcast, I'm sure. Be sure to include the editor in the final review of all materials before they go to print and any editing changes you make as a courtesy. Remember, their reputation is at stake when they put their name on the copyright page. This is the place where their editing work is seen and the advertisement for their work is showcased here in the final layout. There are a few interior layout samples in the video for your review. Again, I'll link that video in the blog. Okay guys, this was a lot and I'm sure you're exhausted with all these details. This was the number three podcast in a five-part series on working with a designer. Stay tuned for the next podcast to come. Meanwhile, I am wishing you peace, love, and light. Check out our online book publishing program, join our email list, or earn a great income by signing up for our affiliate referral program over on our Let's Get Your Book Published.com page.